Future Hacker Life Path Future. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode with Samuel Lopez. So we just heard an amazing story of his. If, if, if you didn't listen to the first episode, just make sure you, you do. A lot of, lot of golden advices for entrepreneurs and founders of startups. And now we are getting to the even juicier part, which is, you know, the, the plantae stories, right? So on the last episode, you told us how you got the switch, the idea of, okay, maybe I'm in the wrong segment and aiming B2C, now we are going B2B. So what then? What's the story? You know, how, how did it continue? Yeah, well, um, thank you. Hello again. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Yeah, uh, well, we began, we had the idea, we had the first sensor. Um, the the inflection point was when we met Emilio, who is today our our agriculture chief officer. We have four agriculture engineers in the team because uh, we were three founders, but anyone was agronomic engineer. So not to make the same mistake of the first startup, developing and thinking and developing on that, we recognize and we uh, and we found that. The most important thing was to have an agricultural engineer in the team because our clients will be farmers and agricultural engineers and these kind of companies. So we began to listen to them and to listen to him. And we only develop something in the technology if the client uh, confirmed that he was interested in that, he will pay on that. I had the pricing without the technology. I mean, I remember in May 2017, I saw the first uh, installation and the online platform was super ugly. I mean, it was only some lines uh, <laughs> with a lot of mistakes, but don't worry because the first clients understand that. The first customers only need to know if you have something cheap, if wire interesting they have problems with water okay let's go i know that you have you are testing that uh well the, the first invoice we have uh, in in paper because it was our first client be careful not put the number one put number two because if not he will think <laughs> he will think that he's the first one no he's the second or the third one but uh, he believed in in a story or he believed in a, an idea uh, well, we began we began on that note. So, the first two years, I uh, drove by car in Spain eighty thousand kilometers per year, driving. Why? I live in Madrid. In Madrid, we don't have a lot of uh, agriculture, so the agriculture is in the south of, of Spain. So, the first year was I was looking for is any person in Spain with a crop with a problem, with something related to the moisture in the soil to tell them uh, the technology, to tell them the prices, to tell them uh, how we work, what we do, uh, and all the technological things, and uh, to validate that we are niche market for nudes, wine, olive trees, horticulture, gardening, and all of that. So one thing that Plantai did, and well, we, we had a, a, a 
some mistakes, of course, on that, is that we um, validated the technology at the meantime that we were visiting clients, visiting customers and testers. It's difficult, but um, it's very, very important because today the Plantae business model pitch have been developed by all people, not by Samo or by Plantae team. No, we only listen, we create it, we develop it, but at the meantime that we receive it, uh, these ideas or, or, or these suggestions and all of that. So, of course, you can think now, uh, what's about the investment in Planta, you know, because, okay, we, we it was a startup. Uh, well, it was very interesting because the teacher I told you before about the idea, he began the company with us in relation to POTS. He invested three, uh, sorry, 30,000 euros to begin with another partner in the pot market, you know, he, uh, this partner go, go away, went away. So uh, this teacher in 2017, we began to, well, it, it was his idea, not my idea. He called me about the idea of the essential, you know. And in 2017, when I had the first testers, the first idea, something evaluated and validated and something interesting that works, I called him and I said, okay, I think that it's a very, very interesting project. It's B2B, it's not B2C. We have IoT technology. There is a huge opportunity because they water by eye, and I can show you 20 people that water by eye in Southeast, North, you know, in all Spanish market, even in Portugal, but we need money. So if I uh, could close investment round in the past with a nightlife smartphone app, be sure that on this B2B, I can do that. But what do you think? And this person, he's a businessman with a pool company. He's not rich. He's only a, a businessman like uh, many of them. But he's, uh, uh, he's in love of, about all the startups and MIT and uh, Silicon Valley. You know, he, he, read, he reads a lot about this world. You know? So he uh, um, met with his wife and he told me, okay, Samo, I'm going to invest. Don't worry about the money. You will have my support. Uh, you, I want that you and your team will be focused on Plantai. Don't worry. Uh, you need, okay, 200,000 euros or, okay. Um, but the most important is to create a business, not to raise money and then raise money and then another investment round and to find venture capital. Don't worry on that. Uh, you focus on that. It will be another partnership and a women, not typical entrepreneur. We will we have a, a private a women when the company arrives to break even point. You know, it's not the typical entrepreneurs I have the ninety percent of the company. No, 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 because all the risk was to this person and his wife. You know, because the project was zero valuation, zero at the beginning. You know, so uh, well it. At the beginning, I preferred to find VCs and business angels, and uh, but I had a meeting with my two partners and my wife because my wife sometimes paid one of my partners' money to survive, you know, because she's a telecommunication engineer. He has a regular work, so sometimes she she used to make the survival of the of our team. Uh, we had a meeting. Uh, we decided to have less percentage of the company, but to focus on the business 
of the clients and to create a company. And make it self-sustainable, which is the best. Yeah, but it's, this is something very, very difficult also for entrepreneurs because uh, many startups create um, venture capital startup, you know, because they have the idea, they raise money, the money finishes after eight months, so they need money again. So the problem of many startups is that they uh, are continually looking for money. So they don't focus on the project, they don't focus on the business model, and they are at the end uh, junkies of the money, you know, because they are always um, needing investment, you know. And at the end, they have I don't know five percent of the company or six. All the uh, decisions can come from the VCs, and they don't have a profitable company, you know, because uh, they have been all the time thinking about raising money. So, but it's typical in the sector, you know, and there are a lot of stories and you raise money and they raise money and then you sell the company uh, per 100 more, you know. But today, I think that things are changing. And uh, after the COVID uh, situation, and many startups without the five investment round, they fail. Why? Because they don't have, they didn't have a, a business model or, or, or something that's great. Uh, a good business to survive and a profitable company, you know. So we decided to say yes in that way. And um, well, after that, uh, we could uh, be uh, five years developing a company with clients, with technology, with a software as a service business model and all of that. And of course, I, I need to say that this man, uh, this man and his wife, uh, invested half a million at the end, and, and with banks, and we have a lot of. Uh, well, we need we, we need to give back money to banks, and well, like a traditional company, you know, at the end. But what is very interesting is that today we have a profitable company with a break-even situation, with clients, with a software as a service business model, and we began an investment round two two months ago, and. Uh, we can talk with investor by 50-50, you know, we don't need the money. So, okay, you... Exactly. It's another level. The leverage is different. Correct. It's very difficult to arrive here, but uh, if you, entrepreneur, can be free with less money, surviving with the minimal uh, cost, it's better uh, because if you arrive to the break-even point to something with added value, you will be able to negotiate better with the investor, with the banks, and with all you. So it was one thing that we did. Um, well, today we are the four uh, partners from the beginning. Uh, this is the situation of, of, of Plantai. Um, well, to, to finish about the story was, um, and of course, one of the most important points of the company was in 20, 2018, we... we we needed to change the communication protocol and technology to LoRa project frequency with long distance because the first idea was, I don't know, 40 meters from the sensor to the hub, to the gateway. And I remember that first client, I had to install for 40 areas, 13 hubs, you know, because imagine in, in a big plantation, you need a lot of receptors and hubs and gateways. Uh, you put the sensor... But it, 
it was not a problem. We're, we were validating the technology. So no problem. Create it. Someone paid for that. Uh, you need to demonstrate that you give him a service and, well, you, you are on that and then you will uh, be, uh, improve the technology. You know? And the second important point in, in Plantae was that we thought that the business model was to sell the hardware devices because we had a margin. And of course, as we created the sensor for pots in agriculture and B2B, we could increase the, the prices. But uh, in 2018, I think, yeah, after one year with one client of uh, wine plantation in, in Spain, after one year with the technology and sensors and the service and the platform, I, I called him to, to renew. Uh, it was, I don't know, 400 euros, something like that, uh, for the second year service. And he said to me, no, I am not going to pay because I don't use it. I don't know how to use it. Nobody called me to explain the graphics. I have been watering by eye. I thought I had the sensors there. So I don't use the technology. So I'm not going to pay you. And I said, really? 400 euros? Why? Because uh, the competitors um, in the sector, and even today, some companies are like that, they sell uh, 1,000, 2,000 euros hardware device. It's very interesting, it's very useful, but they don't give service to the client. Um, what I recognize that is that it was very, very important to have an agriculture engineer in the team to make advisory, to show the client how to use, to show the farmer how to save water, to give a service. I thought the business model was the hardware, it was not true. Uh, of course, it's interesting because we have a margin, but I understood four years ago that the company was a software as a service or hardware as a service company with uh, distributors, agronomic engineers, technical engineers to evangelize because at the end, with uh, 95% of the farmers watering by eye, it's impossible that they use a technology like sensors, smartphones, and all by themselves. It's impossible. You are teaching the market. So I changed the business model and I increased the service part because it's the most important today. I mean, and I'm talking about the agriculture, precision agriculture sector and the worldwide situation about the problems with water, with carbon footprint and, and the sector in general. And when I, uh, I am in meetings with our competitors or uh, precision agriculture companies and drones companies and, and other companies and startups, I say the same thing. B, you need to uh, make the technology clear and simple for the farmers and the clients. If not, you will fail. Uh, also, you have the super software, super algorithm software for uh, precision agriculture, prediction models, you will fail because they need to understand something simple. They won't know how to use it, right? Yeah. And actually, that was going to be one of my questions to you because uh, you were talking to a public. And of course, depending on the country, uh, the level of education is going to be better than, you know, depending on where you're going to. Uh, but I just imagine, I don't know, maybe using Brazil as a reference and you're talking to small farmers that are, you know, located 
remotely like getting the 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 educational side is imperative because people will not know how to use themselves. Like, you know, so the, the service has to come with it. Um, so I, I have uh, two questions for you about that. When thinking about scaling, right? Because you're probably in, in a more privileged uh, country compared to developing countries as well, right? So one is education. I'm sure that the level of, of support needs to be higher for, for people that are has less access to technology for sure, right? And the other is regarding connectivity. Uh, is this type of solutions require good connectivity? Like how to scale to places that doesn't have any, any type of connectivity? Like, do you have, do you, do you plan to scale to that or they're just not on our target? And if so, maybe partnering with companies that can offer the connectivity, how, how are you planning to address that? If you're planning to address at all? Yeah. Well, uh, the, the last, uh, uh, now how about Plantai was three years ago when I understood my distributors, because it was very interesting to know, to improve the technology, to know about your client and to create something customizable for each crop, each client and its so. But it was not possible to sell Plantai by myself around the world, client per client and farmer by farmer, you know? So what I understood uh, after this experience with this client in 2019 is that uh, farmers are not in internet. Farmers is not easy to arrive then as clients, you know? So who knows the farmers today? So companies that sell them the irrigation systems, the fertilizants, the plants, the crop, the pots, you know? So I created a business model based on distributors and partners because as it's a very traditional market and one almond tree is not the same in South Spain or Brazil or California because the weather is different, the soil is different, the crop is different, you need to create something interesting or you need to create a deal with different agronomic engineers per zone or per plantation or per crop. So today we have more than 500 clients in Spain and Portugal. We began to sell in Argentina, Emirates, uh, even Brazil. But last year, what I wanted to validate is that the technology was easy to send and to install in any part of the world, in India or Argentina. So I validate that the technology is simple to install, that someone in another part of the world can receive it and install it and understand it. And then your question is, okay, I did it. How to scale the business model or the company? To scale it, of course, you need to validate that there is a problem, um, a country without conflicts, like wars or all that. Second is that they have irrigation or culture. They use irrigation system, like um, the drops and all of that. And then that, of course, they have problems with water or conductivity or they need to measure. If not, you, you cannot go there. For example, Sweden, okay, you are not going to Sweden. Morocco, yes, it's a market. Brazil is a market, Mexico and, and any other one. So to to explain, uh, to, to expand then the, there's the technology, you need always to have a partner, a local partner, an agriculture engineer there and a sales manager there. Why? Because one thing that is very interesting in Plantai, and it's something that I understood from competitors, is that 
the technology is very customizable depending on the crop, depending on the soil. We can change the depths and the frequency. You know, it's, it's, it's only a sensor, you know, you, you measure moisture, conductivity, but it's simple. And as it's very simple and it's customizable, it's different depending on the country and the necessities. So one of our advantages is that we can adapt the technology for each crop or each plantation. Avocado in Mexico, okay, I have experience in avocado. I can say to you how we work in Spain. If it's interesting for you, we can begin there. Horticulture too, hydroponic too, or gardening. Even we have clients with golf courses and soccer courses. We, what we did from the beginning, or unless four years ago, is to adapt the technology for each niche market and to discover how to replay the business model, but always with distributors and local people. Why? Because they are the people who is near of the farmer and of the client. And it is something uh, very, very interesting for other startups too, because uh, in 2017, the easiest uh, the easier way was to go through internet and to visit super big companies agriculture companies but what i did is to drive 80,000 kilometers why because the most important client is this little farmer because if he paid you don't worry because the super big company in agriculture will pay you but if this guy don't pay you you have a problem so we were uh, working on this first 100 clients, small farmers, to understand the problems, the necessities, how to customize the technology. Because if they are your clients, you will have a worldwide sector to, to sell. You know? If you go only to the super uh, wine companies or, or big fruit trees companies that are in internet, Okay, you can send, sell that, but you will not validate that because the person who validate the sale or who are going to, to, to buy it, uh, they pay with the uh, super company uh, money, you know. If you, but you sell to a farmer, the farmer will pay you with his own money. So if you give him a very added value, they will pay you. If not, be sure that you are out, you know. So it was a strategy, and it's, uh, it's how we, we expand the technology, and, and we are beginning to create deals, and how we work in Spain and Portugal today. Such a great story, Samuel. Um, we're almost getting out of time, but I have a last question for you. So uh, what do you believe is next, like, you know, the big next thing? And I'm not talking about, you know, you know the, the expansion is natural to the market and things like that, but... Do you see or do you plan any any huge turn in terms of, of, of technologies or strategies? And adding to that, and not only talking about Puntai now, how do you see the future of, of IoT for agriculture? Like, what, what do you see is, is coming in the next decades? Only the startups and the scale-ups uh, that create, will create simple devices low-cost devices to begin because if you demonstrate that with $500, it's interesting for the customer, they will pay you all the years after that, okay? And you demonstrate a real added value, you will have success because the market is huge because the agriculture sector have been has been uh, investing during the last 
100 years in crops, in fertilizant, in machines, in tractors, but not in the optimization of the resources, in the watering, in how to water. Because I, I say before, 95% uh, of the people water by eye. So imagine how is the market today. So I think that there is a big opportunity to create new devices. But one thing is very important, and even for the governments, uh, to educate the farmers. I don't know in, in other countries, but in Spain, uh, during the last 50 years, people wanted to study a career, to go to the cities, and they went from the country to the big cities to create a new life, you know? And people who live in the small towns and in the country ha have been forbidden, you know, the, the, uh, forgotten, sorry, because, and I think that we need to invest in education, in technologies, in internet, uh, in different towns and small towns and, and clients, you know, because COVID demonstrated us that the food is very, very important. It's one of the most important things. And, and well, we need to improve the ecological foods, uh, how to educate uh, people to about the, the food, the crops, uh, how it costs, you know, and how to manage it. You know. So I think it's, we have a very good uh, opportunity, all the startups and the technological companies, but big companies in agriculture sector, governments uh, need to invest a little bit in, in great education. On, on that, I think. No, it makes complete sense. Samuel, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. So many, a great story first and a lot of wise advices here. It was really great to, to have you on the show. If you know, if you have any final messages to the listeners, I know how can they find you if you're interested about Plantages, you know, I'm giving you the final thoughts and thanks everybody for listening. And thanks Samuel again for being here with us. Thank you, you Maria. Thank you, your team. It has been a super huge pleasure to be here. Uh, nothing to finish, only to say that if you don't measure, you don't know nothing about your crops and your soil and you will be watering by eye or doing things by eye, you know. Um, I think that we have the technology, uh, we can use it to, to improve. So thank you to make this channel and this communication to, to all your people. Thank you so much. Awesome, thanks. Future Hacker, life, path, future.